Hey, what's up, you guys? This is Bert. I'm the lead pastor at True North Community Church. Thanks for tuning into our podcast. I'm going to have a little something to say to you at the end, but for now, let's dive in. Yeah! <laughs> love it, love it, love it. Okay, so this is week two in a message series called Me and My Big Mouth. We're all going to say that together out loud on three. One, two, three. Me and My Big Mouth. Yeah, because this sermon series is not about somebody else's big mouth. This sermon series is about you and your big mouth and me and my big mouth. We last week began the message series uh, reminding ourselves of something that came from the book of James. Uh, and this sermon series, unlike any other we've ever done, comes with hand motions. How many of you guys remember your hand motions? Ready? We must be quick to listen, slow to speak. If you weren't here last week, make a fist with your right hand and flip it open real quick and say, quick to listen, and then slow to speak. If you're listening but you can't see what I'm doing, if you're listening to the podcast but can't see it, you take a fist, you flip it open quick and say, quick to listen, and you close your hand real slowly and say, slow to speak. And if you're driving, don't do that. Just keep your hands on the wheel. Okay, so, um, quick to listen, slow to speak. Men in the room, where are my men at? Men in the room, come with me for a minute. Men in the room, have you ever asked a woman when she was due? <laughs> and she wasn't? Most men make that mistake only one time in their life. Some of you, though, are above average. So uh, I, I, I had an incident recently, uh, not on that front, but I, I ran into a, a friend of mine uh, whose father used to be my barber. This guy would cut my hair, like, uh, you know, once a month or so for many, many, many years. And, you know, when you have a barber that you've been going to once a month for many years, you cover the same topics, you sit, you talk, you... Have you been? What's up? And we talked about his kids, and I was acquainted with his son. So if I saw him, I'd ask about his son. If I saw the son, I'd ask about, you know, just people I'd run into once in a while and say hello. And uh, eventually, um, he, he passed away. My, my, the barber guy, the father, died. And, uh, it, you know, it was sad, and the family asked me to speak at the funeral. And I went and, and spoke at the man's funeral, and it was sad. We said goodbye, and, you know, uh, about six months later, I bumped into him at Walmart. And we're in the, the, the aisle at Walmart, and we're talking, and just, hey, how you been? What's up? What's up? And I look at him, and I go, hey, how's your dad doing? Just like that. Just, and, 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 and then I went, well, I just was like, are you kidding me, dude? I mean, I know you're getting old, but you presided over the man's funeral. And six months later, you're like, hey, how's your dad? And he laughed. I mean, he just, he was like, I was like, dude, I'm so sorry. It's forced a habit. I'm so used to asking about your dad. And get, I, we made light of it, but... I was mortified. It was like, have you, ever, have you ever said something and you just wanted to like, like just pull the words back, like, like just, I, I want to take those words back. I want to I wanna pull them all back in. I want to unsay that. Have, have you ever wished that you just, you had a rewind button for yourself? Like we need a rewind button. Here's what... James tells us, you don't get a rewind button. You get a pause button. You don't get a rewind button. You get a pause button. Learn to press it. Learn to hit the pause button. Quick to listen. Slow to speak. Because our words 
have power, and our words are not equally weighted. Words don't all carry the same weight. Have you observed in your life that compliments and criticisms do not equally offset each other? Have you observed that in your life? Yeah, you know, you know that's right, right? Because you, you've seen that. Maybe you went into the office and you got yourself, you're looking good, you know, and you've been, been working out and you got some new clothes and got a new haircut and you went into the office and you thought, man, I'm looking good. And like, like, like 10 people, like, dude, you look good. You look great. Ha have you lost weight? New haircut? Excellent. Everything's cool. Like you just, you, you're feeling good. You know, people are like complimenting you and you feel really good about yourself. And all it takes is for one person to just go, oh, that's not a good color for you. And that's, and now all of a sudden that's all you can think about. It, they, studies have been shown on this. Research has been done. It takes like nine or ten compliments to offset criticism. One criticism. Our words are not equally weighted. And our words are really not equally weighted given our life situations. So your words will land differently on different people. For example, around here, like when we're here during the week doing things and we're in meetings planning things, my words carry a different amount of weight than others. Um, you guys here, each week I stand up and I say, I'm, my name's Bird, I'm one of the pastors here. That's true. Um, it's also true that I'm the lead pastor here, and it's also true that I'm the founding pastor here. So when we're in a staff meeting and we're talking about things, and I make a suggestion other people at the table, like what I intended to be a suggestion, other people just go, oh, I guess that's what we're doing. Because my words carry a different amount of weight. And I've learned over many difficult years of doing this the wrong way to just shut up most of the time. Because our, most of the people on our staff are smarter than me. And if I just keep my mouth shut, they're going to come up with better ideas anyway. And then all of you come to me and go, wow, that's amazing, Bert. Look what happened. And I go, yeah, I know. All I did was shut my mouth and let everybody else, like, everybody else had better ideas. Everybody else is smarter than me. All I need to do is just zip it, and like so, much, so many better things happen. Your words carry weight. A mother's words weigh 500 pounds. A mother's words weigh 500 pounds. The words you speak to your children. And for reasons I don't fully understand, a father's words weigh the most. Don't know why that is, but it's true. A father's words weigh the most. The things you say to your kids, the things you speak to them, or fail to speak to them, carry tremendous weight, way more weight than you're aware of, and you need to learn to be aware of it, because you can do deep, deep damage with what you say or what you fail to say. That's true in friendships. That's true in life. Our words shape us. Words have shaped each of us. Words have shaped your marriage. Words have shaped your career. Words shaped your childhood. Words spoken to us, over us, and about us have shaped every person in this room. People with no confidence whatsoever have found confidence because of words spoken over them. And people with tremendous confidence have had that confidence eroded completely by words said about them. 
Our words are not equally weighted. They don't offset equally. That's also why a verbal apology doesn't really undo the damage done by a verbal wound. Have you observed that in your life? Yeah, you've seen that in action. A verbal apology does not always undo, in fact, it never undoes the damage done by a verbal wound. So maybe from time to time in your life you've come across somebody, this has probably happened to more than a few of you, someone hurts you, someone offends you, maybe they gossiped about you, maybe they said something about you that wasn't true, maybe they were talking about you behind your back, or maybe they just straight up insulted you and you were hurt, and maybe perhaps they realized the error of their ways, or maybe they just wanted to make it right somehow, and maybe you've heard somebody say to you at some point, dude, I said I'm sorry, what else do you want? You ever have somebody come at you like that? I said I'm sorry. What do you expect from me? What else do you want me to do? As if that person is just expecting that the I'm sorry, sincere or not, expecting that the I'm sorry is, is going to undo the wound. Now, if I cut you with a knife, I could say I'm sorry and mean it. And say, I'm really, really sorry and absolutely mean it. And you might forgive me, but your arm is still going to be bleeding. It's still going to take time for that thing to heal. Words don't undo the damage done by words. And that's what we try to do when we do damage with our words, when we're not quick to listen and slow to speak. When we miss altogether the pause button. What we want to do is undo the damage we've, we've done with more words. We want to pour more, more words on top. And it's not that words aren't at all helpful. They're just not totally helpful in that moment. If you've done wrong, you should apologize, and you should be sincere. But you mustn't expect, and you mustn't let others expect of you, that an apology is just going to erase the wound. It doesn't work like that. So it's important that we be quick to listen and slow to speak. It's important that we take our time in moments like that. Now, this is something I've been struggling with a bit because lately I've come into a couple of uh, situations, and this is one of those moments like I, I, sometimes I, I, I find myself in a situation in life and I just think, I wish I wasn't preaching on this right now. I wish I wasn't preaching on this right now because God will sometimes visit me with like life lessons about the sermon series that I'm in. And recently, I've come across a scourge. I've come across like a plague upon our society, something I think should really be taken seriously. It's people who talk at concerts. Now, I know some of you are like, ah, ha, 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 shut up. It's fun. It's not funny. Listen. <laughs> Now, I'm not talking about a rock show where, like, you're in the pit and it's really noisy and it's crazy. I'm talking about a concert where you're, everyone's seated and everyone's trying to listen to the music. And on more than, you know, people are getting out now. We're trying to go to a couple shows and see some things. And, like, more than once recently, I'm sitting there trying to listen to a concert. And there's someone right behind me just running there. Yap! And I'm just like, I'm just, there's something in me that comes up angry, fast. I mean, I am not slow to anger in those moments. I get ticked off quick. I'm like, and I start thinking all these thoughts. Why would you pay for a concert ticket and just talk all the way through the show? Why would you be oblivious to the fact that there is a blast radius around your mouth that everybody else is being disturbed by? Why would you be so inconsiderate as to, as to ruin this experience for everybody else because you feel like talking? All these things come up in my head and I get ticked. 
And now what happens? Now, now I'm not sure if I should say something because I'm kind of irritated and I don't want to... Because you, you guys know that could escalate quickly, right? Because everybody's ticked right now. Everyone's a little on edge. So if I turn around and say, hey, listen, could you guys hold it down? All of a sudden it's like, whoa, like you could get into a conflict. And now I'm like, let's go, man. I just watched Fight Club. Mm. You feeling froggy? Jump. Let's do this, man. And I'm not trying to end up in a newspaper because I had a fist fight at a concert, so I'm just sitting there going, oh, quick to listen, slow to speak, quick to listen, slow to Like, it's not easy. But we find ourselves in situations like that where, where the easy thing to do would be to run your mouth. The easy thing to do would be to say something. And what we've got to do in those moments is try to find the pause button. James now jumps to chapter 3. This is James chapter 3, beginning at verse 2. Indeed, we all make many mistakes. For if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. So when James says, indeed, we all make many mistakes, James is saying, we've all been there. That's James talking to his biblical audience. He's going, look, we've all, we've all done this. Every one of us has run our mouth too quick. Every one of us has caused injury. Every one of us has hurt someone with what we've said or how we've said it or with our tone of voice. Every one of us has done this to another person because we don't have full control. And I'm, I'm going to hit you with something quick to jump like to the final point of this. When James is done talking about how dangerous the tongue is, he doesn't tell us how to control it. Like he talks about all the bad things the tongue can do, and then he just changes the subject. Which is to say, there is no full and final solution for the taming of the tongue. It's something we're going to have to monitor closely for the rest of our life. This is not a problem to be solved. It's a tension to be managed. You don't just get this covered. It's something you're going to have to work at for the remainder of your days. Next verse. We can make a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth. And a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. In the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches. Okay, we'll pause right there. Um, so, have you ever, you ever seen, like, a little girl ride a big horse? You ever seen that in your life? No one has ever seen that? Hello? <laughs> Could you imagine it for me for a minute? Okay, so, if you've never seen a little, imagine a little girl riding a big horse. This horse weighs exponentially more than the child, but the child, by means of a bit in the horse's mouth, can make the horse go wherever she wants. How? Because she got control of the horse's mouth. It's incredible. You get control of the horse's mouth, you can make it go wherever you want. A ship and a rudder. James is just thinking of like the biggest thing he can think of. In these days, as the Bible is being written, ships, ships were bigger than most buildings. So just imagine a vast, like a massive sailing ship controlled in its direction by a small rudder. In the same way, our tongues are small things 
They're just, they're just small, small things. And, and, and they're, 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 they're potentially the ugliest body part there is, and they're, they're untamable. Would it surprise you to learn there are eight muscles in your tongue, and they never get tired? I'm not kidding. It's true. There are eight different muscles in your tongue, and they never get tired. It doesn't matter how many words. On a Sunday morning, I speak a lot of words. I don't wake up on Monday and go, man, my tongue is sore. I can't do this. I just, it doesn't, my, my mouth is just as ready to make words Monday morning. Your t the muscles in your tongue don't tire, but they can do incredible damage. Listen now to what he says next. But a tiny, in the same way the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches, but a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. And among all the parts of the body, the tongue is a flame of fire. It is a whole world of wickedness, corrupting your entire body. It can set your whole life on fire, for it is set on fire by hell itself. <clears throat> Every year, um, particularly on the West Coast, from time to time out here too, but we find there are wildfires. I think there's like 12 burning now in our country. Um, and these things are scary. You know, we don't, we don't have too, much, too many of them out here because um, it's pretty, pretty moderate, but in the West and in the South, terrifying stuff. And you've seen footage, yes? Imagine, if you will, the devastation caused by a wildfire. Everybody close your eyes with me for a minute. Picture it. Picture a massive forest just burning. Picture the flames coming close to houses. See people evacuating in your head. Imagine, you've seen people spraying down their roofs with garden hoses as fire comes closer and closer and closer. And now imagine the aftermath. See the homes burned out. You can smell the smoke if you think about it. Just imagine the devastation, just charred, just scorched earth. Smoldering ashes where once there were homes and beautiful trees and a vast forest. And open your eyes. All of that devastation caused by that. Just that. This little thing, a tongue of fire, can do all that damage. And that's what fire does, doesn't it? It focuses us a little bit. Look at you people, I have your complete attention. It's just a little Zippo, and you're all like, whoa. Like, that's, that's what fire, right? That's what fire does. Your, your tongue can do incredible damage if you don't look to find the pause button, if we don't find a way to, to back it down a bit. As your words go, so goes your life. And sometimes we start fires accidentally. Sometimes we, oh, we don't mean to. We said something. I mean, gossip is the big thing there. We say something we didn't mean to. We, we, we shared something we shouldn't have shared. And now all of a sudden a fire started and it gets out of control. 
the damage we can do with our words, we're responsible for. So James says all this. He's not quite done. Let's, let's see what else he's got for us. Um, people, this is verse 7. People can tame all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and fish, but no one can tame the tongue. It is restless and evil, full of deadly poison. Sometimes it praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it curses those who've been made in the image of God. And so blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. Does a spring of water bubble out with both fresh water and bitter water? Does a fig tree produce olives or a grapevine produce figs? No. And you can't draw fresh water from a salty spring. So, James just points it out. He doesn't really give us any advice. He's just telling us what's up. This isn't cool. This is not okay. Blessing and cursing come from the same mouth. I mean, can a fig tree produce, produce olives? Can you draw fresh water and salt water from the same spring? This ought not to be. We, we praise God, and then we curse those made in his image. Which is to say, if you're going to love God, you better love others, man, and love the other. Love other people. Be careful with this. This is not okay. This is a big deal to God, and as our tongues go, so go our lives. You can wreck your marriage with the right paragraph of words. You can wreck your career. I could end my career right now on this stage with the right string of words. I'll put together the right string of words. Next week, the management team be up on the, uh, up on the stage. We all remember Pastor Burt. He won't be back. All it has to do is just right string. You can wreck your career, your, your marriage, any relationship you have. This is dangerous. And then James just changes the subject. Right here, he just starts talking about something else, which is to say, this is not a problem to be solved. It's a tension to be managed. It's something you're going to have to pay attention to for the rest of your life. So... Ponder this. Remember, surrender, and confess. Remember, surrender, and confess. Remember the weight of your words. Mothers, fathers, remember the weight that your words have in the lives of your children, your young children and your adult children. You who have living parents in the room, remember the weight that your words carry to your parents. Some of the heaviest words a parent hears come from their children. Remember the weight that your words carry to the people around you and the damage you can do with a small spark. Remember that you were born with your pilot light lit. Your pilot light is lit. The fuel is in the lighter. It just takes a spark that's in us. We've got to find the pause button. Remember. Surrender. Surrender it to God. We'll start here. If you don't pray, start praying. Find a time. I think morning is best. Every one of you, most of you in the morning has a cup of coffee or a cup of tea or a glass of juice or something. 
associate something in your morning with two minutes of prayer. Take a shower, you take a walk, you, you, you have some breakfast. Find a minute, two minutes, to pray. Talk to God and say, God, my life is yours. I surrender. I'm giving it to you. I'm here to honor you. I want to honor you. I want to love the world around me. I want to serve the world around me. I'm surrendering. I surrender my life. I surrender my stuff. I surrender my tongue. It's yours. Today, help me to do good with it and, do, and be, be a blessing to others. I surrender this to you. And then confess. Confess it. Talk to God and say, I said things I shouldn't have said. Confess what you've done wrong. And then confess to one another. If you've scorched somebody, and some of you have scorched your children, and you've scorched your parents, and you've scorched others, and you know it, you can't make it right with an apology, but it's a good start. Confess. Be restored. Do your best to be right with the person, not just at them. And we'll pick it up right from here next Sunday for part three of Me and My Big Mouth. With that, let's pray. Father, we love you. And we thank you for the opportunity we have to study the scriptures, to learn. And Father, we're trying, we're trying, we're trying, we're struggling. We wish we had a rewind button and we're struggling to find the pause button. Help us, Father, each of us to know the damage we can do when we run our mouths too quickly. Help each of us, Father, to know the damage we can do when we don't guard what we say. Help us, Father, each this week to remember the weight of our words and that we were intended to praise you and to love others with what we say and not burn them down. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thanks once again for taking the time to listen. It's an honor to have you with us. If you'd like to support our church financially and help us continue to put this content out there for free, that would be a really big deal to us. We're completely supported by the contributions of the people that come to our church. And if you'd like to help, you can do that online at truenorthchurch.net slash give, or you can do it with a text message. Just text the word truenorth to 77977 on your cell phone and you'll get a prompt leading you through how to do that. Thanks again for dialing in. See you soon. Bye-bye.